This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Recording on Sunday, April 18th. It's about 9 o'clock at night in beautiful Bondurant inside of the Cyclone Fanatic home office here in my basement. Welcome, uh, and it's good to have Bloom back in the flesh. the The Bloom flu is over. Uh, we'll we'll get into that here momentarily. Before so, I want to thank our friends from MechDyne and the MechDyne Corporation, enabling discovery. As I tell you each and every week, but we're getting new listeners. The good thing about this uh, Sunday night pod, I feel like we're adding about 100 listeners per week right now, looking at the metrics. So that's great. We appreciate y'all listening in. And I want to convince you to check out MechDyne.com and go to their careers page and uh, take a look at all of their job listings. Now, I know their guy, I know their CEO, I know the guys who are running the show there. They love Iowa State. Love, 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 love Iowa State. If you're an Iowa Stater, if you love Iowa, they'd love to interview you. And they've got all sorts of different um, opportunities. You don't just have to be a, a really smart systems engineer or an AV engineer. Now, you could be one of those and get a job. Or you could just be in IT or you could just be, maybe you want to be a, like a desk consultant or something like that. They've got great benefits located in Marshalltown and all over the globe. Mechdyne. You want to spell that for the people? M- asked. Yeah. Thank you, Bloom. Yeah. yeah. M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. com. Is that good? It's good. All right. Uh, Bloom is back. Praise the Lord. And with that, let's fire up some. Uh, well, I gotta find my English here. Here it is. Bring in the horns. Yes. When's the album come out? I don't know. English, Come on, is, English. English is supposed to keep me abreast on all things I album. Think the, the song is catching on. People love the song. We're have a, we're gonna have a couple of um, kickoff parties this summer when the you know when everybody's vaccinated. Yeah, we're getting there. One of them's going to be at the uh, Mississippi River Distilling Company in Eastern Iowa. I wonder maybe we could invite English the band. I think that needs to happen. Don't you think that'd be badass? That would, uh, yeah. Is there, are there hotels nearby? nearby? Oh yeah. Okay. That'd be a work trip. Yeah, I already have an Airbnb for that weekend. What weekend? Do you have a weekend picked out? It's in August. I'll, I'll get you all that info. I don't want to. English do it. performed 
at a Cyclone Fanatic function in like aught 13? At Benchwarmers. Yeah. <laughs> you want to hear a crazy story about a local band? So my dad, this is from when I was in high school. Were you ever in a play? No. I mean like yeah, sixth well, grade when yeah. you had to be. <laughs> okay, well, have you, you ever been to a cast party? No. Well, you, you have Didn't them after. Didn't have a lot of booze in, in sixth grade. You have them after, um, after the game. Or not the what game, one? Because there's multiple showings for these productions, right? Like, yeah, you, you so were in the final one. The final, so we, okay. we would have dress rehearsal Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays of the show. Cast party gets nuts afterwards on Saturday. And we had this group, um, these kids from Clorinda, they had a band. They're called Save the Empire. They did, they're really good musicians for real. Like not. Well, anyways, you've been to my mom and dad's house, yeah. right? Yeah. The yeah. tiny little basement that used yep. to be my room. Yep. Been there. Um. So we had the cast party down there, and the Save the Empire brought like their <laughs> brought their entire like set, like the subwoofers, like everything. They're ready to. These guys are actual. They go to like okay. shows and play still. I, no, I mean, I, right, I suspect 20, 20 that they, I, I don't know what they're doing now. Right. My dad had had a plumbing problem in our house for years and it like just, you know, they were trying to get it fixed and like they, you know, just kept going through it. You know, they're bringing in people. Right. To try and fix it, but they just could never get it right. Save the Empire was playing so loud in my parents' teeny tiny little basement that it like it knocked all the pipes loose and fixed the plumbing problem. Isn't that wild? Isn't that a good story? That's awesome. I don't know how much what did, our audience did, gives a crap, but you, my dad was happy. Did you, uh, were you drinking like Surge or were you, mm. you had the, the good stuff? Balls, Surge. Yeah. No, I didn't. We didn't drink alcohol. Yeah, I was going to say. We yeah. really didn't. I didn't you, drink. You behaved yourself. I didn't drink until I got to college and then it was like, <laughs> then we got a problem. Welcome to Ames. Uh, the Bloom Flu uh, slash Rona. You guys have had a hell of a month. It's been a long... <laughs> Somebody texted me, he's like, oh no, is this a continuation or is this like for the real Rona? I'm like, no, this was the real Rona. You know, it's crazy. I'm not going to say his name, but... Um, you know, because Rona kind of feels like we're in the rear view mirror. I mean, I know we're still battling all this stuff, but like, it kind of feels like, you know, we're... we're yeah, we're the looking. light is at the end of the yeah. tunnel. And I've had... Another buddy of mine, and you didn't have it, but Never your family it. did. Right, um, got Rona this week, and it's just like, oh man, this is still a real thing. Yeah, I mean, you're not yeah good until I mean, you're pretty good like three weeks after the first dose, but then you're not completely good until like two after the second. So just be careful out there, still. Yeah, I think we'll be. I think we'll be all ready to go come like July one. I think things will be closer to normal was and that means full fourth, jack trice stadium fourth of july blowing i think stuff fourth up of july is gonna get oh baby i've been saving we didn't spend any money on anything no, last year so my fireworks allowance is going to be like tripled this year uh so from cycle on twitter jared leaper is now a resident of bond oh yeah yeah get ready for the fourth buddy boy <laughs> The fourth in this town is an indoctrination. I've tried telling my old man to come up. My dad loves fireworks, and I'm like, dude, you. This town is insane. Bondurant oh. has just enough 
of like rural Iowa Go ahead. with a little east side. You can call us rednecks. With a little bit of east side. It's, you, not, it's not it's uh, not where I came from in the in the Clive Waukee burbs. Well, I mean, think about it though, like most the only reason you live here is because your wife's a small town girl. Yep. I mean, let's yeah, be honest. No, I enjoy, like, I enjoy it now. Yeah. But you would have never been like, I'm gonna move to Bondurant growing up in Waukee. Correct. Like you lived in Shenandoah for six months and you got the hell out. Um Yes. Yes or no, yes. Um most people in this town that I've come across are from rural Iowa. They moved to the city to work, and they yep. want to get the hell out of the city as fast as they can. So they come here. It's growing. I mean, wanna... pretty soon, though, this is going to be Ankeny yeah. East. Yeah. But All we're right. here. We're yeah. one of the originals. Anyways. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad everybody's feeling better. It's good to have you back in the home office tonight. It really is. It's not the same when we're on the Zoom. It is not. So good stuff. Really not a lot to recap from this week now we can go um we can go over some basketball stuff but i think so you asked for questions from fans and i think a lot of people are going to cover yes they will a lot of that uh really quick um i want to encourage everybody to go and listen to my podcast with tj from i i put it up on friday that's the guy who i've known forever um and, and that's who you're getting. And unfortunately, you just, a lot of people haven't had an opportunity to see that side of him yet. And I understand he just got here. But uh, when you're an assistant coach, you don't have those opportunities generally. And um, you can see why he's a really good recruiter by listening to that. It was good to get him really relaxed and um, in that setting. And we probably wouldn't have gotten that much fun two weeks ago, but things are really coming together nicely, specifically with the Tame and Lipsy commitment this week. I heard you and Jared's emergency podcast to that, but wow, big time. Yeah, just great news. And kudos to you for that conversation with TJ. Uh, but I know, and this is what makes TJ, you know, good. Just he's just a good dude, is that was pretty easy conversation. And I think that's why he's really good at his job. I, there were several people on the message board that commented, like, like you said, I've, I've never heard TJ before. I can see why people like him that much, and he's – He's so engaging with and such a good recruiter, and that's 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 it. I mean, the guy still needs to prove that he can coach in the Big Twelve. No doubt. But you're you're starting to see why so many people believed in him coming to this point, and already has produced on the recruiting trail. But yeah, Taman is just a big time get. As we discussed with Jared, it, it a couple of big things. One, he's a great player. Okay, that's first and foremost. But two, it has some of that stigma of the Harrison Barnes situation from 12 years ago where you don't lose one of those guys right in your backyard to somebody else. And I think Taman this summer, he'll start to climb their recruiting rankings again. He got hurt as a sophomore. But like I, I compared him. I think he's just a winner. I, I, I compared him to Aaron Kraft in, in a way where – he will drive you nuts because he will guard you. He's competitive. I don't ever see Taman being a you know eighteen to twenty point a game score. I think he'll be able to score fine, but just a winner and a guy that will be a positive influence on everybody around him. You throw in the local ties. Both folks, both of his folks, work for Iowa State, and just a lot of good that comes from him. And I think it's it's fitting that Taman would be the first high school recruit of the TJ era because obviously the transfers are important and they no continue doubt. to be. 
but he's one of those foundational pieces along with Tyrese. Tyrese, yeah. But I think those, I think those two, right? So you're you're looking at Hunter Lipsy, and then on the current team, somebody like Xavier Foster as those are your building blocks that you can build around going forward. So a great week, very good week. Um, elsewhere, just other news and notes. Not a. There's a lot of football recruiting stuff. Yeah, we'll and, get into that with these questions. Yeah, we'll get into some of that. And I just, I haven't had the time to put a ton of research in. Football recruiting is not really my beat anymore on the website. So we'll keep, um, we'll keep grinding away at that. And we're we have some plans for football recruiting coverage that we'll get to later on. Uh, not in this podcast, but some other time. But a big week for Matt Campbell. Uh, tough week. Um, for the women's program, Bloom, Kylie Fearbach. This has been a really weird situation. How this has played out, um, I you know from talking with people inside of the program, really um, shocking to most people, including her teammates. When she decided to transfer, nobody really saw this coming. It wasn't a deal like oh she's really upset and wanting sure. to get out during. She had a great year. Great I year, mean, yeah. Um, and then and she they loved her. I yeah. mean, they they yeah. thought it wasn't like player. oh she has a bad attitude, no. nothing like that. Nope. Transfers to Iowa, and it always is a bigger story when this happens. It doesn't happen very often. Um, had she gone to DePaul, uh, it would never would have been brought up. Uh, she goes to Iowa. A lot of people confused about this, and and frankly, I don't really know. I mean, I, Tommy Birch got a hold of her on Saturday. I read her quotes. It's a lot of like cryptic language out there. Nobody's really giving any specifics, so I guess we'll just keep an eye on it. And it, what she said, it was she thought this was a better fit for her. Yeah, and, and the reality is, obviously, Iowa State would rather still have her, but 100%. with Maggie Espin, Miller, McGraw being back next, I mean, I I don't I don't think it really changes Iowa State's like roster much next year as far as like the ceiling for that basketball sure. team. You'd love to have her. I don't want to be that guy when you lose a player oh, and right. then you talk around it not saying that i'm just saying maggie probably would have started over her next year anyways uh so from her perspective you you do but but, the, but again going to iowa makes it sting it makes it more of a story yeah and it, it hasn't happened much really at all across all of sports all of not just you know i'm women's basketball men's basketball football especially it just hasn't happened much where somebody goes from one of the schools to another at the Power Five level. In fact, I think the last one was Alex Thompson from Iowa to Iowa State in 06. And then Haluska was 2003 yeah. from Iowa State to Iowa. Uh, Stacy Freeze went from Iowa to Iowa State in 98. So this just doesn't happen often. And so it's extra, and, and yeah. she's a good player. And, and but the fact that you go from one school to another just just throws you know gasoline on the fire. Um, one misconception I'd like to discuss a little bit here is I think you get you, there's this reputation somewhat with Iowa State's women's basketball programs that there's there's been a lot of transfers. There really hasn't been no. in the last ten years. I think some people remember some potentially notable ones even but they weren't really that notable in like 2010 and 2011 but really in the last 10 years of the transfer era this hasn't impacted women's basketball much at all you've had some role players that left for better opportunities which they didn't play much at their other stops either 
but there really hasn't been a marquee player of Fearbox status to leave the Iowa State women's basketball program in, I would say, 12 years. So I think that tells you a couple things. The transfer thing isn't hasn't been as prevalent in women's basketball, but also Iowa State's done a pretty good job of retaining its roster in the last Yeah, you wonder years. if so, Fearbach, and, and again, I, I don't know, I haven't talked to her. You, you do just because of the status of college athletics right yeah, now. You wonder sure. if she makes this move knowing that she has to sit out next year. Probably not. You know, like... And, and so maybe it'll become more common. I still don't think it'll be common to go from Iowa State to Iowa or Iowa to Iowa State. It used to be in the past. God, you not. could also... And, and you could also be a little bit more restricted into where you go. Um, that's now off the table completely. So you might see it more. You know, mm-hmm. it used to be your previous stop could say, hey, you know, I don't I, I don't know the official language, but you could prevent somebody from going in conference or to a future opponent on your schedule or something like that. I think all those things yeah, are going to go th- by the way. Those are all gone now. Yeah. They are gone. In fact, the Big 12 voted this week. You can now con- you can now transfer within the conference without penalty, which could potentially impact the Iowa State men's basketball program um, with a couple transfers going forward. But... Yeah, all those rules are now being eliminated. So I think the transfer thing hasn't been as prevalent, but you, you may see more more so. But I don't think it changes the tra- tra- trajectory of the women's basketball program. In fact, they got a transfer this week from from Butler who will come in and play. She and actually is a nice piece for what the roster needed. Yeah. They needed some size. Yeah, shot blocker, size, yeah. athletic, can run the floor. Really a nice addition there. So, I mean, net-net, I don't know what it means. Do you, do you benefit this week or do you lose this week? We'll find out. Uh, but still, it is news, and uh, it's more news because she went to Iowa. Uh, okay, Bloom <laughs> Bloom was feeling froggy tonight. He texted me, and I said, Bloom, leap. <laughs> he wanted to uh, ask for some Twitter questions, and we're going to get to that after I tell you about our friends at A-Plus Lawn and Landscape. Check them out at aplusLawn.com. They are our spring football coverage sponsors. Rob Gray and Jared Stansbury have done a great job on the spring football beat here over the last couple of weeks. Go to CycloneFanatic.com and click on the football tab and news for all that good stuff, the special podcasts that have been produced. Uh, but A-plus lawn and landscape. But, you know, I have a neighbor. His name is Wes. Good guy. Lives um, just to the south. And he texted me this morning. He's like, hey, uh, you know, Wes is a uh, uh, – Really good guy. Uh, he he goes. I got a couple of bad spots in my yard. He yeah. goes. Now who is it that you have come and put do the treatments for your yard? And I said, Wes, I'm going to change your life. And I gave him the number to A plus lot in landscape. That is five one five four hundred thirty twenty five. Five one five four hundred thirty twenty five. And he, uh, I said, you just. just all you got to do, you pay them for your treatments. You can still mow your yawn and ha- lawn and have a beer. Pay them yep. to do the lawn treatments for you. Then you don't have to screw with it, and those patches aren't going to be there because you're getting year-round service from the experts. A locally-owned company, Sean is my main man. Check him out at aplusdon Bloom, you did this this week, right? Yeah, so we're in, we've been in quarantine for the last three weeks, and at some point, my wife looks outside and she goes, our yard kind of sucks. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's a, That is a direct indictment of you, you as a husband. I, probably. I felt it, but I said, you know I what? Mean, that is her taking a stone cold we, shot we, at we you. Can't settle. <laughs> we hadn't, 
we just the last two years we had not utilized the services as we should have of a plus you said so i said you know what I got some some of that stimmy money. <laughs> you're, you're, we're, we're using it for the yard. You're stimulating the economy. We're stimulating on the yard. our yard too. So I got That's the uh, I got the five the five treatment package. That's what I get, including the aeration and yeah. the, and the seating. Yeah, a hell of a deal. Did I you get the so uh, the sharpen lube? D- did not this should, time. Okay, you get but, that, but that'll be next time. I, you know, just small bites of the yeah. elephant. Here. No, that's the same package that that I get every year. Pretty reasonably priced. Oh, yeah. And if you don't want them to do the whole yard either, like I, I mean, there were a couple years where I just had them do my front yard, you know, and then I'm like, oh, you can do the backyard. This, you know, like you can. Um, yep. Really so flexible to work we with. We get our first uh, treatment later this week. Good for you. Yep. I'm happy for you. Thank the stimmy. <laughs> well, thanks to the Rona, Bloom's <laughs> going to have great yard care this year. But because of the Rona and thanks to the Rona, I need yard care. <sighs> well, if you're impacted by the Rona, I hope you're not. <laughs> Let me tell you about my friends at the Iowa Clinic. IowaClinic.com. Honestly, it was a lifesaver for me. Yeah, so you had a good, you really had like the rapid, right? Rapid. You got that? I got both. Oh, they will yeah. do both for you. Mm. So the rapid test as uh, one of the fine clinicians there explained to me, if you have symptoms, it is like 96% accurate that it will tell you if... Now, the PCR test is a lot more accurate of telling you if you have maybe a lower viral load. You sound like a defensive coordinator during the football season right now. That's right. But they were... Hey, I went three times, uh, one PCR test and two of the rapid tests. I was negative all three times. A nice peace of mind when your spouse has COVID. One thing that I like now, when you have kids, the urgent care becomes much more um, of, of a factor in your life. Yeah, it does. The, the, so if you go to iowaclinic.com, this is like a new feature that they have on their website. You can go down at the bottom right tab. It has wait times and you can reserve yep. a spot in urgent care from home. Which is big time, again, when you have kids and you're like, oh, God, does she have an ear infection? Yep. And it's like 6 o'clock at night and you're freaking out because you don't want her to scream all night. Feel like I've been here before. I have. This yeah. is my life. Get used to it, new parents. Just check it out at iowaclinic.com. Pay your bill online. Make appointments online. I even, the last time I saw Dr. Nicholson, we just did a little Zoom. It was fantastic. All right. Um, Bloom, you've got Twitter questions. A lot of them. Oh boy, are they? Were people nice? Most were good. Yeah, a couple ones I'm not going to read. Um, <laughs> so, well, let's start with our buddy Josh Betts. Oh, how else can you start? I mean, come on. Without our buddy Josh Betts, main man, love Josh. With and Josh, Josh, Josh asks with where the roster stand now. What do you see as the best case scenario for men's basketball finish in the Big Twelve regular season? Josh also adds. I'm proud to financially support you guys through the Patreon initiative. And the two of you and your teammates do great work. Thank uh, you, Josh. Well, That's the Patreon and premium folks have gotten their money's worth the last month. It seems to have been that. an uptick in the premium members. Yeah. It's quite the quite the dynamic conversation we've got going yeah. on there now. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, I appreciate all those folks. Best case scenario, men's basketball. This was a really good week again for Iowa State basketball. A really good last 10 so days. So we're talking next year. Next year. But not like beyond. Right. Um, There's a couple 
similar questions to this of where do you think you know where we're talking record I mean okay best case scenario best case scenario and I would put it like a five percent chance of this happening okay five to ten is like a bubble team okay I would put it a little higher than that okay ten to fifteen percent yeah, yeah. here's why we, we discussed this last week you're playing who else is in the conference, right? Well, I was going to get into that, yeah. but I'm just looking at this because I think if they get the Aruna kid and the Fletcher kid. what are, Quickly on those two, because a lot of questions on those two. Do we expect news this week? Aruna. And Aruna. And Aruna, I think we'll learn soon. Okay. Fletcher, I'm thinking next week. Fletcher's from Kentucky. Yes. And Aruna's, and Aruna's from, from Kansas. Kansas. But if they get both of those guys... I mean, you still have a freshman point guard. Um, a lot of this is indicative on Foster's development. True. Uh, because we, I mean, I, I really don't feel like we saw him. We did not. Yeah. You cannot get much other than he is legit seven foot and athletic. I mean, you're going to have the same problem that we discussed last year where you're just bringing in so many parts. But this group will look, have an offseason and have a... Yeah, the ceiling would be higher for this group. I would agree. It's a more talented like, roster. Coming if, off 0-19, though. Correct, but if you get those two guys, yeah. I think there's a better chance at Inaruna than there is at Fletcher, but it's also earlier in the process for Fletcher, and I think that there's more feeling out going on. Sure, makes sense. Inaruna will come down to Iowa State and Creighton. I think I, I I would lean Iowa State. Like Great. if I had to do a little crystal ball type deal like two four seven does, I would lean Iowa State. And, and Aruna six nine, two twenty, kind of a classic wing, big wing type, can shoot it a little bit, played ten minutes a game for Kansas, was more of a defensive specialist. They didn't really lean on him to do any type of offense, but he was blocked by some really good players. Um so you had Marcus Garrett there. You had uh, Brown there. You had mm-hmm. a couple other. I'm, I'm forgetting some names for Kansas, but there's like four wings there that were ahead of him, and so it's really hard to know what his high end potential is. Top sixty recruit coming out of high school. He's originally from the Netherlands. I think he could be a really impact guy eventually, wherever his next stop is. I'm just not sure it's going to be next year. Yeah, that's so. That's why I would put it low. The, so, but he asked best case scenario. Yeah, so that I, I think the most case, I think most likely is team. like seven to eight in the Big Twelve. And if I mean, if you're seven in the Big Twelve, you're a bubble. Well, team. that's it. And and you know, Oklahoma had a disastrous re- week, just disastrous. It's not trending well for Mosier. Now, will he turn it around? I think he eventually will. He's a good enough. He got guy. a guy from like Eastern Washington today, like. Did they? Okay. Yeah. He, was it, he averaged like nine points a game. I mean. But they lost Manic committed to North Carolina. Yeah. And then Davion Harmon's going to go somewhere, probably the NBA draft. They already lost Reeves, who's going to the draft. There's just not many pieces there for him to be successful. In fact, I would put Iowa State on par right now, as the roster stand, a lot of movement left, on par with both Tech and Oklahoma. I think Iowa State's right there at like T eighth. I would put them. Yeah. I think I think TCU and K State are like a half tick ahead of Iowa State. But that right could now. change really fast. But they're not that much ahead. I mean, look at both those. Iowa State could have defeated both those schools twice this year. Should Didn't. have TCU. Right. 
And and so you're not that far, point being, from sixth. I, I do think they're the upper tier is way ahead. Um, you know, Kansas is gonna be loaded. Baylor's gonna be good yeah, again. The, West Virginia is good. I don't Oklahoma know if State's it's a, be good. like a seven bid Big Twelve. Anymore. It might not be, and that's yeah. the other part. Yeah, yeah, you might be looking at just five to six, but I don't think much separates Iowa State in tenth this year from sixth. Now, it's still a big gap to f- top five. Yeah, they're nowhere near that. If you're trying to get into the NCAA tournament, I would still put it. I think bubble team. I would say ten to fifteen percent chance of being a bubble team, which means you're ten to fifteen percent chance of being an NCAA tournament team. I don't think it should be the expectation. And then the year after, yeah, I don't think it's the expectation. But the year after, really starting to look with Lipsy, with Hunter year two, Foster year two, you basically. get an extra year of Kalsher. Yeah, uh, you get Jazz back for a second year, so there's. Some pieces, and you then can you build hope that Inaruna and Fletcher, if that's the case, Develop. are, you know, they're more than just guys. They can kind of start right. being the man. I think this year's a good setting the table year, but I would say you can be more competitive with it as it stands because of the conference more than Fred was in his first year, if you want to look at it that way. So I, I still think I think best case scenario is a bubble team. I'm, it's not the expectation, but I think the roster is. We don't talk about Blake Henson enough. Oh, yeah, wait. We, we didn't even bring him up. And then George, another he- healthy and in-shape George. So I, there, are, there are some things you can play with here. And even Jaden Walker, if he comes along a little bit, still need, in my opinion, you know, I like Anaruna a lot. Uh, Fletcher would be great. Neither of them are really just knockdown shooters. Could maybe use one more of those. I don't know where it comes from either. Someone's going to have to develop into that. Maybe Henson's that guy. You know, you're 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 hoping Kalsher trends more towards what he was as a freshman, and then Caleb Grill comes along a little bit too. There's where your shooting comes from. Mm-hmm. But you're you're hopeful if it's Enarune or Fletcher or both, one of those guys shoots it better than they have in their previous stop. I think that's a pretty solid analysis right there. Uh, another basketball question. Let's see here. From I got a problem. Yes. See, look around the office. I've got a major diecast. So my uncle Dick died, and right. he left me all of his cars. Uncle Dick's pit box. Yes. So I, I've kind of become addicted to diecast cars. Since Are you just then. scouring eBay or something. Yes. <laughs> it's exactly what I'm doing. What I are just, you going to do? It like I just. I lost. just don't understand collectibles. I don't. I just lost out on a 1982 vintage. Bill Elliott's first win car uh, in the Melling Ford Thunderbird. Extremely rare. I just missed out on it by $3. You know what pisses me off about eBay? Why wouldn't they like, text me and be like, hey, this guy just outbid you. I've had this thing for, I got outbid by $2.50. I would have gone to. the ultimate total? $102.05. I would have gone to $110 for this. Would you rather pay $110 for a diecast car from Bill Elliott or. Forty thousand dollars to play horse with Luca Garza. Uh the the <laughs> definitely the Bill Elliott diecast car. <laughs> and it, it, it's and a, yoga. And yoga with Luca. That's a weird <laughs> that's a weird deal. Good for him. I just and his dad. The dad thing is we'll just leave it. It's yeah, it's, yeah. Um Tyler wants to know. I like Tyler, by the way. Thank you for this question. Tyler, the upcoming football game in Vegas has many Cyclone fans excited. What would be <laughs> Your top three men's basketball 
non-conference games tournaments you'd like to see Iowa State play in? Men's basketball? Yeah. So well, we're saying, you know, Vegas is probably near the top on the football side. What about men's basketball? Well, because you've been Atlantis you've, was you've, awesome. Yeah, I mean that you got to do that one. Atlantis was so great because you know everything is under one roof. Right. You know, it's like the Big Twelve in the Bahamas. I will say this: the Atlantis Resort underwhelmed me. Okay, interesting. It, it seemed old and overpriced, okay. and like, how was the food? Restaurants? I didn't. It, it was fine, but again, like everything was. It was like Disney. Yeah. However, you know me well enough. I don't hang out. Um, you know, I went off the beaten path a little right. bit. You're not just going to the... Travis Hines and I went out one night and had the best seafood dinner of my life in a freaking... I mean, we were in like a sinking boat <laughs> where we had... I, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it, but the coolest part... And you know, like Cyclone fans like to... Excuse me. They like to gather... And there was this one bar there in Atlantis where every night about nine o'clock, I mean, all it is is Cyclone fans down there. And I met some cool people. I I hung out with Roger Bolton's parents one night there. Like it was so much fun. That was a, just a real thrill because that tournament's so loaded every year. Playing in that ballroom is awesome. It's an awesome atmosphere. I think that has to be on the list. Yeah. And then Maui. Yeah. I mean, as well, I always say it's luckily on this, so the way the non-conference basketball tournaments work is they're all governed by the TV networks, basically run them. And they love Iowa State. And Iowa State's gotten to this ESPN family of where they're on this rotation. I saw Rothstein tweeted, I think it was yeah. this week. Preseason NIT. In preseason NIT in uh, Brooklyn. So, Which that's not even, I wouldn't even, like whatever, but for this year's team, I don't even know. But whatever. Yeah, it, um, so Maui would be great. I will say... The I did the games in Destin. Yeah, that was an awesome place because it's not as big as some of those other tournaments. But Destin on the beaches in November was really cool. We enjoyed like, Myrtle Beach. Myrtle lot. Beach was great. They probably will never go back there. That was supposed to be the Puerto Rico tournament. Yeah, but that was fun. Um, I I just think it's hard, and this is a cop out answer. I think it's hard. I know it's not non conference, so I apologize. But the Big Twelve tournament. I mean, I can't wait until Iowa State's relevant in that again. And it'd be fun to maybe see... I've done a game in Cameron Indoor for the women's basketball for the NCAA tournament. That's a really cool place. It'd be fun to watch a game there in the non-conference. But I think Iowa State's on this rotation of Bahamas, Maui, Destin, and then they're scheduled, or they were, scheduled to go back to Disney soon as well. And that was fun. Yeah, we had a good time We had a good time down there. So, I mean, there's some... They're on a they're on a good path. Well, Jamie those. booked us. Aren't we going to New Orleans for football in a couple of years for Tulane? Yeah, Tulane twenty. So clearly, 26. Jamie's like booking. So here's what he's doing. He is. Um, he's basically he's saving the athletic department money because yeah. he's booking home and homes. People want to go, but he's he's booking you guys to go to vacation type places. It's absolutely planned. Yes. This was they and were not, Troy Dannon's there because UNLV like tried to wiggle out of one yeah. of these games, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the COVID, but thing. Iowa State doesn't want to give up. Doesn't want to give up this game. 
Like no. this is a big deal. This right? and I, I, Jamie's Jamie understands the fan base. We're sold out, by the way. So somebody asked on here in a, t- a ticket situation for UNLV. I looked today. Yeah. Is that question? I'm trying to think who sent it. Anyway, appreciate the question. They have not released single game tickets yet. You can only get season tickets. The <laughs> lowest season ticket is one hundred seventy five dollars on StubHub right now. The lowest price. The lowest price is one hundred sixty dollars for one ticket. So, I would wait. Now, UNLV is playing the game. Because if you look at StubHub, it's like their other games against Sacramento State and whoever the hell they play. Yeah. They're like $20. Well, but for Iowa State, the lowest one is 160 right now. But it's in the Raiders stadium. It's not going to sell right. out. Right. It's not, it won't sell out. So, don't even worry about it. Yeah. Don't panic and buy tickets yet. Okay. Well. be my advice. We didn't with the charter. We we totally didn't touch that. There's 60,000 seats in that stadium. Okay. They're not. How UNLV, many Vegas fans are there? Ah, 20,000? Maybe. Maybe against the Big 12. They opponent. were terrible last year. Yeah. They're no good. So, oh, I mean, right. I think I think you'll get, you'll have ticket availability this summer sometime. You'll be able to get through their website and don't worry about it too much. Do you want another Cody Road? Yes. All right. Yes, I do. Hold on. I'm going to pause this real quick. I'm going to get us a Cody Road. Good idea. All right. We got fresh drinks. Uh, really quick, I want to thank our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Check it out at gravitatecoworking.com. We are um, excited to um, promote them. Sorry, I, I got distracted by something. Now I'm going to give my friend Jeff Wood a real read at gravitatecoworking.com. Um, they have locations now in three different areas. Well, actually four different areas, downtown, midtown, yep. Jefferson, and over in the Cedar Falls area. Um, I've, I've been a proponent of theirs for a long time because I think it's really smart business right now in a world. You know, I was reading a uh, Bloom piece the other day. I was looking and buying a um, bunch of an ETF for airline stocks, actually. And this was like a couple months ago. Yeah. But then I read a piece about how like business traveling is just going to be cut down so dramatically. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if it's a great long term play because. But my point being, this is a really good hedge mm-hmm. uh, by mm-hmm. Jeff on the, you know the commercial real estate landscape right now. If people aren't going back to work, I do think people are going to lose their minds to some capacity. Some people are set to work from home. I've worked. For, I'd be weirder than I office. Can't do it. I'd be weird in an office. Yeah, like, you, I don't, you, you I'd I've be weird for, seeing you in an office. Yeah. I've worked from home forever. You know, the only I for three years, right out of college, I went to a radio station every day. Other than that, I've worked from home my entire life. So like it's very natural to me. My wife could not do it. She would lose her damn mind. And uh, for people like that, maybe you're not gonna get your office brought back to you. You should check yeah, them some, out at gravitatecoworking.com. Or if you the the great potential here with this pandemic and the way it's going to change workforce is now companies will hire nationwide and they'll say let's say you want to work for salesforce okay salesforce is in san francisco let's say you want to work for salesforce well i don't want to relocate to san francisco how about i just work in des moines but i get this dedicated office space done yeah you know, this is where this will be great is you can still live in central iowa mm-hmm. cheaper cost of living but still have a dedicated office space to work for a bigger corporation. I think it's I think it's great. And I saw a post by Jeff on Twitter this week. Hercules the dog was hanging out. What better way to release some stress than have Hercules the dog in the office? 
Uh, dogs very naturally um, reduce anxiety. Dogs, coffee, and alcohol all in the office. Now, coffee and alcohol are actually <laughs> bad for anxiety. <laughs> Probably right. Take it from a guy who knows. You know, I'm down to only like one and a half pots per day now. It's still crazy. What are you doing? You're, you're just like straight like just Maxwell House? Yeah, just Maxwell House. Have orig- you tried? Original roast. I've kind of gotten into the, like, I'll buy like the whole bean and grind it. Oh, old bean grinder. Yeah. Eh? Not, I'm not like, I'm not to the point. Like you, you know, get these elitists. It's funny. You get the elitists who roast their own beans. Like, come on now. What am I? I'm not. Right now, a coffee bean roaster. I will. I will grind my coffee though. Everything you're saying right now, in just my knowledge of you as a human being, it reminds me of a Randy Travis song. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that much of an elitist. I'm a. I'm a little bit of an elitist. Okay. Have you ever heard the Randy Travis no. song "Better Class of Losers"? <laughs> Seriously, you've ever heard this no. song? No, well, I don't listen there, to Randy Travis a there, whole lot. Oh, was, Randy Travis is one of the all-time great musicians in the history of our world, any genre. He actually, there's a lyric in this song about, so the y'all should go and watch this video. Randy Travis, he's a country boy who is dating this city girl. And she's got him, like, living in a penthouse suite, like he just said. There's actually a lyric in... Because he's like, I'm done with all this, okay? I've had enough of all you. I'm going back to my better class of losers. And one of the great lyrics in the song is about buying your coffee beans already ground. And about how the the current city slicker losers look down upon him for buying his coffee does, beans already ground. It does taste better. When you, you grind, when you about grind it, it, it for it does. Have you ever 100%. had? Did what? I, abs- I lived on Folgers for five years. What is your favorite type of coffee? On like you're gonna go to uh, the Brick Street Market here in town. You can buy any type of coffee that you want for the week. What are you gonna buy? I'm, do they have? I don't even know if the Brick Street Market has whole bean Hold coffee. And they buy their coffee beans already ground. You think it's disgraceful that they drink $3 wine. Yes, they do. You can buy non-ground coffee there. Well, so I would... Yeah, what would you pick, you elitist? Like, I'd go to Smoky Row downtown and just get some whole bean coffee. (laughs) (laughs) You are one pathetic loser. I joined a coffee subscription club over the pandemic, Chris. Jesus. This is the same guy... Once every three weeks, they send me a new bag around the country. This is what I look forward to in my life. I, I, I really got one from Brooklyn the other day. I really, wow, seriously? Yeah. Very the atomic, cultured. atomic roasters. I'm a big, just Maxwell house black I guy. See, it just doesn't, it, you're missing out. I mean, maybe you don't care. I, it's like, I'm very content with the it. person who won't drink a craft beer because, well, I just, but Bud Light's been good to me. Well, get outside your comfort zone a little bit. Um, speaking of alcohol, Kyle wants to know, <laughs> you have five new unopened bottles of whiskey. This is, a, this is a fine question, actually. Okay. What is your, I, what is your game plan with drinking these? Do you open one bottle and finish it oh. or do you open them all equally over time? I'm looking around the home office and I know your answer. Yeah. I wish I'd drink them all and get <laughs> rid of them. you just like cereal sipper of one at a time. I I probably have, if you count them all right now, 
at least 125 bottles of whiskey. So his next question house. was, what's and the, they're all most of them have been opened. What's the lifespan of an open bottle? It should last forever. It will last forever. The only problem um, is you have to watch the corks if you keep them for a certain amount of time because the cork can start to dissolve and then it starts to leak in your whiskey, which you don't want. Okay. So it all depends on the type of cork in the bottle. But it, I mean, it, it should, I mean, it, but you've had some of these for years, years, it'll decrease. I mean, I I think that it decreases a little bit in quality, but I can't tell. I I mean, I, I just don't think that, I don't think most people can tell. I'm, I don't, I obviously don't have as many whiskey bottles as you do. I have a problem. I'll have, I probably have three or four going at once. And I'm usually done with them, you know, at about equal time. Good question, though. Thank you, Kyle. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, Grant wants to know: Do the high capacity of players we've seen transfer? This is a he sent me this direct message, which I appreciate more context here. Do the high capacity of players we've seen transferring college basketball? Do you think this will become more and more common on the football side? If that's the case, he says, I love Iowa State's chances of landing some bigger name transfers due to the culture and mannerism of the Campbell staff. It's interesting because basketball has been the story, right? Like there's what, 1,300 transfers now in the men's basketball portal. There weren't that many uh, comparatively in football this offseason. And this was would have been their free year to do so. Now they may get a free year moving forward. But why doesn't why isn't there the same number on the football side? I don't think there ever will be. I have a theory. It's always been my theory that basketball players recruit to the coach. Football players generally commit to a school, and yeah. because of AAU, I mean there there's just it's the AAU lifestyle. It, yeah, it really is difficult for a lot of people to understand how gross basketball recruiting is. I mean, a lot of these guys, because of AAU coaches and handlers, like they'll come on the market and somebody already has a top five for them before they can even field calls. Yeah. Right. Because they just put that trust into one or two people and that's just how it goes. And football, you don't really have that because there's not that there's high school coaches. Yeah. Like the high school coaches have power in college in in high school football in, in college basketball, like, There'll be a lot of times where these guys will get recruited by a D1 institution. They'll never even talk to the high school coach. They're talking to the dad, the brother, the uncle, and, like, the three guys who run the AAU program. Yeah. So I, I, that's why I'm saying, like, when football players commit, like, they're much more likely to, oh, I want to take a tour of the institution. I know I'm going to be here for three years because of the NFL rule. Basketball, they're, True. they're going. That's a big part of it. Yes. They're going because of a coach in more instances than not. And I'll also add to that, in football, there's so many more guys, the chances of you transferring and being an instant starter are a lot smaller. Yeah. Like, you're just not, you're not guaranteed it. Or in basketball, a coach can say, hey, player X, chances are you want to come here, you're going to play. 
Or in football, it's a lot harder to guarantee that because you've got yeah, you know, eighty five scholarship guys. And I mean, I mean, I was watching the. <laughs> go ahead and laugh at me now. I was watching the Alabama spring game on Saturday, and they were talking about like Najee Harris's replacement. He's a fifth year guy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, why didn't he transfer?" But well, because when you go to Alabama, you know, You're like I'm wait. committing to be a part of this culture. And to be the best that I can be, waiting my turn, and then I'm going to have a Najee Harris type year. And when I do, I'll still get drafted yes. by the NFL. Right, and that does not happen in college basketball. Like there are very few guys like Trey Jackson right now who would come back to Iowa State. Most of those guys want out. Trey's like, no, I'm going to keep going I, and yeah, earn my earn my time. I thought TJ's answer for that was great and spot on. Of how do you prevent this from happening? Is you make their experience. It's just, it. You make their experience as good as possible that they don't want to leave. Which sounds pretty easy. Yeah. But at, in college basketball, there are some coaches that are difficult. And so if you can have, and I've even noticed it in the past two weeks, they've been a lot more open on the social media of this is our program. We're still gonna we're gonna work hard, but we'll also be welcoming and enjoy ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can make it a good experience, yeah. then I thought his answer on Dom was great. Of yeah, we're no gonna doubt. do everything we can to make sure that you you can't top the experience you get here. I remember that he more or less took the job, and people were already talking about Dom leaving. Like, well, it he should have left. Uh, yeah, he really should have left. I mean, he could have gone to North Carolina yeah, anywhere he wanted to go. But like, I, I I do remember that scenario that TJ was painting out for yep. us. So I think you can you can change you can. Do some things in your program of we're going to schedule a certain way. We're going to go on these cool tournaments. We're mm-hmm. going to play fun non-conference games. We'll do things within our program and facility that you want to be a part of, and that, that'll help. Uh, back to football. Thanks for the question, Grant. That was a good one. What is the ceiling for this year's team? New Year's Six Bowl game, 10 wins, question mark? I think the ceiling is higher than that. I honestly... Why... I like, think the ceiling is the playoff. Yeah, that's right. That would be my answer. Is the Isn't college, that the correct college football playoff? And you saw it, the uh, FPI rankings this yeah. week, fourth. I mean, if you're my 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 who asked the question? Uh, let me scroll again. Yeah, you don't need to. Whoever. Yeah, that's a good if, question. I mean, if your ceiling if your ceiling is a New Year's six game and ten wins, like just you're really not far from. Brian asked that. I mean, Brian, you you could be ten and two, and still make the playoff. Yeah, you need a lot of destruction, but it, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Is what we're. I mean, it's not likely, but it's possible. So my point is, go eleven and one. Let's say your one loss is at Oklahoma, and then you win the Big Twelve championship game. You're in the playoff, right? You're not gonna have. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, probably. Okay. That's good. It's, it's good. just I, not yeah. a crazy thing to think about when you're talking about the level that we are. Adam asks a great one in follow-up to that previous question. Adam asks, football, would you rather win the Iowa game or the Texas game? He said, I purposely didn't say the Oklahoma game. You can only lock in one win out of the two. The other one is a for-sure loss. What do you do? I'd, I'd beat Texas probably. I... It's hard to say that because though. you got to get to the Big Twelve championship. You do, right? I mean, that's that's the that's the question. Although Texas may not get there, 
No, I don't think that they will. But if you lose to Texas, that's a loss in the Big Twelve. Let's say you lose to Oklahoma, Oklahoma, then you're out. Probably out of it at two. You're at least out of the playoff. I mean, that's kind of where my mind is. Yeah, but you can't lose to those. I know that team. I really just want to beat the hell out of them. Yeah. I don't know, man, Adam. Damn it, Adam. I want them both. I want them both. You get too. Tech, you get them both at home. I would beat Texas. I'm sorry. I think the that's, I, that's logical probably answer. the that's probably the wrong answer emotionally. I think like strategically, Some, it's the right answer. Somebody replied, "I'd rather get to the Big Twelve Championship game again and have a chance for that hardware than beat re- Iowa." Somebody replied, and this is the wrong answer. Scott, <laughs> he said, "Beat Iowa, go one and eleven, and I'm still good." No. That's a no, wrong answer. That was good. That was the correct answer in 1998. Not the case. Yeah, it's a. That's the wrong answer, Scott. Come on, pal. Man, that's t- it's fun to think about, but also no, it's not, not fun, fun to think. To think but no, about. it's not like, fun to think about. Why do you think that that's fun to <laughs> think about? <laughs> so we had a bunch of questions on throwback uniforms, etc. Hold on, this is to Scott. Real quick. A disabled reporter mocked and mimicked him. On Wrong. He has consistently denied what is Wrong. a very clear fact that Google Donald Trump Iraq and you will see the dozens of sources which verify that he was for the invasion of Iraq. Wrong. He was borrowing $14 million from his father to start his businesses. Seems like a long time ago, man. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't know we were going to get that much of... Miss Clinton, I thought it was just going to be Trump going wrong, 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 wrong. Okay. Um, Moving on. The, ever since I fi- figured out how to work the soundboard, yeah, this has been just, a bad deal. A machine over there. We got Randy Travis. We got political debates. Good, good question from John. Which would you bring back? The hot air balloon, the hot tub, or the helmet cart? Helmet cart. Helmet cart. I mean, hot air balloon's pretty. That'd be badass to have that thing flying, just flying around with the Cyclone script logo. Yeah, hot I mean, tub. The hot tub. Seems, fine idea. I now not a great idea though. I mean, it was it was it was okay for the for the nineties. I like the hot tub thing. It seems very gimmicky though. Yeah, you're not bringing the hot tub back. I mean, a hot air balloon would be pretty badass. And then you could, you know, our friends at Cyclone Sports Properties could sell the signage on it. Just have it floating overhead. Yeah. But I, I think the helmet car would be my answer. Yeah, and there, there was a lot of questions about some throwback uniforms and what Iowa State should do. I've got an idea. I do think they need to bring back the script Cyclone in some capacity. But I will there be a throwback uniform somebody asked? I don't know this year. I will say that in the past, when Iowa State has gone the throwback uniform route, it has been in reference to something in previous history that had a like a whole date matched with it. So, like in 2007, when which you have the Brett Meyer jersey right there. That's my guy. That was the 30-year uh, anniversary of, I believe, the Peach Bowl. Yep. So that was the, the reference point there. And then in 2013, when they wore the Jack Trice era uniform, that was the 90th anniversary of... Jack Trice's passing after the game. Yep. So I would say if there's a... Ch- chance to bring that back again it would be two years from now in 2023 which Iowa State should do like a whole deal and I'm sure they will now they have time to plan for this for the 100th anniversary of Jack Trice 
Like that should be a big old blowout. Maybe even wear those uniforms several times that year. But this year is the 50th anniversary of Iowa State's first bowl appearance in 1971. So I think if you're going to do something throwback, you would do something for that team that won eight games and went to the Sun Bowl, I believe, in 1971. Pretty cool looking uniforms too. I, st- I don't know. I I don't think we're going to get. I doubt throwbacks. we'll see anything. Yeah, I don't. Again, I, I don't know anything. But that would be the. I'm, I don't want to. Don't take this as me speaking for Campbell because I'm not. He's just not wanting to do that. I, I just. I think Matt is so focused on. Not erasing the past because that's clearly not what he's done. He sure. brings McCarney back. Like he, he's a guy who greatly respects all that. Yep. But had I also, had Earl Bruce come back before his yeah, passing. So clearly, exactly. like Matt is very in, invested in all that. Yep. But I don't think he has any interest in reminding anybody about how bad Iowa State football has been. Like I, I think I genuinely think, and you can disagree with this, and I. I do understand why people like have a problem with the black. I get it. Yeah. Like I, I understand. And that. I don't, but I, I no, I don't agree with it. Yeah. But I understand yes. that argument. I don't think Matt care. I think if Matt had the choice, he would wear the all blacks every week. I honestly do. Well, how many times do they wear it this year? Four. That's what I'm saying. Like, so I, I just don't now. Maybe Jamie Pollard is saying we need to honor this 50th anniversary. And that could very well happen. I don't think Matt is sitting around game planning for throwbacks. Yeah. No, I just don't think he cares. Well, they they it, maybe we're past the point of of telling the story now. They didn't exactly embrace the uh, bugle logo, for lack of a better term, right? They did not. And there's a reason why I only saw that one time. <laughs> I like the bugle. That's fine, yeah. I, but they put it on the wrong color of helmet. That was the problem. Yeah, and then they lost the game. If they would have put that on a white helmet or a black helmet, it, it would have looked awesome. I like the bugle logo, man. That I, so that was part of the. Uh, I love the, the bugle. The logo. Texas game that changed the fortunes of Iowa State football. Yeah, Jaquan Bailey grew up after that game, and then the uh, that debuted the three yep. whatever three down lineman stack. We did because the Akron game prior to that, Campbell was so pissed off about Akron's, after winning like forty two to twenty. But Akron got a ton of third down conversions in the second half, yeah. and Matt was so pissed off about it, he called all the defensive coaches in, and they all switched it up. Maybe Texas was thrown off by the Bugle logo. Uh, good one from Chris. I'd we, love to know how much Iowa State paid whoever to come up with that Bugle logo. I, it wasn't cheap. It was a big-time firm. Oh, I'm sure it was. That's what I'm saying. And that's where it's like, God, just call us at 712 Media. $5,000. Good question from our, our friend Chris Parks, who also works in uh, radio. Yeah, Chris is down in Atlantic. Yeah. Really nice young guy. Great guy. Good guy. Uh, this is interesting. So this plays a little bit into the football. So football signed two recruits this week. A uh, young man from Harlan, which is near Chris, and then a young man from, I think, the Kansas City area. I'm not great on football recruiting. I'm honest. No. But this is a good question as it relates to that. How do you think growing up a fan of a school plays into an athlete's recruitment? And why do you think someone that is a legit playing time prospect, no matter where they go, would not accept an offer from the school they followed? I'm not, I don't quite understand that part of it, but also... I, I know what he means. Also, how could you play for a rival? Could you play for a rival? Well, I think you're an interesting study because I you mean, grew up in Iowa. Yeah, you, I and grew And you still went to Iowa State. I mean, like my instance, I, <laughs> I would say this is my luck, and I'm like a curse for everybody, but I 
was a diehard Hawkeye growing up. We had season tickets. I rode across the state every other weekend, every fall with my Uncle Dick, and we went to the Hawkeye games. And that was when Iowa State just sucked, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, those I, games I mean, were, I went to those games. Yeah. Um, but, like, we were never really, like, taught to hate Iowa State because they were just so irrelevant, really, until 98. I get it. You know. Mm-hmm. And it started to be, like, from then, like, and then we were just, we, at the time, being a Hawkeye fan, you're just getting your ass kicked every week because at the end of the Hayden era, that was just so bad. Then you're like, oh, this McCarney guy, you know, you, you start paying attention. I never hated Iowa State, though. I hated Nebraska because that's where I was closest sure. to. You know, like, Iowa State was never on TV. Radio was, you know, whatever. But like when I, So I decided I was going to go to Iowa State. It was probably like October of my senior year, which happened to be 2002, where Iowa yeah. State's having its best season yeah, ever. Yeah, just beat Iowa. They did. And I just, shortly after that game, I decided I was going to go to Iowa State. I had already committed. I'm not committed, but I was already going to Iowa. I had a roommate. I had all that stuff mm-hmm. lined up. And yep. I switched it all because I just felt more comfortable in Ames. And... I was the guy who was the total jackass and was like, oh, I'm going to fly my Hawkeye flag and all this, all that garbage. So you well, were still going to be a fan of Iowa. I, well, that's what I thought. Yeah. And it took me about three days on campus. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a clone. Like I, this is my home. This is, this that's is cool. like, I, I, I didn't. And I remember, I remember very specifically that first year, 2003. And of course, so like I start going to Iowa state and then they start to suck. And then Iowa, that's when they're getting really good because they yep. go to the Orange Bowl in 02. Yep. But I remember them running out onto the field, and I was chanting F the Hawks with every other Iowa State fan. Like, it did not take, take me long at all. So I absolutely could Now to answer the question. But I think if you're a high school kid, right, and you're a legit prospect, that's got to be a hard deal. Especially, I can see like, like um, Marcus Page, for example. That's a pride, but but if you're that good or Harrison, yeah, you know, in his time, I he grew up an Iowa State fan. It's no mystery, and Iowa State thought they had him. But if you have the chance to go play at North Carolina and be the guy for one of the best programs, I can see how you wouldn't go to school you grew up rooting for. I also think it'd be difficult. Like for me, I could never. I I looked at, I looked at Iowa. Missouri, Kansas, and Iowa State. At the end of the day, I just said, I can't root for them. I based my academics based on the school I wanted to root for, which is a horrible yeah. way to choose where you go to school. Yeah. But it, I was like, I can't, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And the journalism programs at the time are all, at least in the ballpark, it's not like I was choosing between yeah. Harvard and Stanford here. But at the same time, I that I could never even if I was a legit prospect, I never would be. It would have been hard for me to go anywhere but Iowa State. Yeah, I mean the only other place that I, it was Iowa, Iowa State, or Northwest Missouri State for me because that's where everybody goes. Um, I think again, I think it's different with football and basketball. Yeah, if you're looking, I at, think it's different. I think there's so many differences between because in football, again, you have so many fewer influences, outside influences in you. And you're in, in. I think it plays a big deal, though. Uh, if you had that, I mean, Lipsy, look at how quickly Lipsy committed after TJ got the job. Yeah, he wanted to go to Iowa State. He was looking for a reason to go to Iowa State. He got it, 
And I don't blame him at the end of the promo era because he's like, is this guy even going to be here? I don't want to come. Like, bam, TJ gets a job, does a hell of a job recruiting him, and he commits right away. That's not a fluke. I mean, that kid wanted to come to Iowa State. So football-wise, two of the top six players in the state are now committed to Iowa State. It's a big deal. Which is a big deal. I think this will be interesting to watch, okay? Because you're finally starting to see now, this is year six of the Campbell era. Is it already? Yes. Yes. With this much success, all right, with the only thing holding Iowa State back, in my opinion, from really just starting to take over the state in some capacity, is you have to start producing NFL players. That is the one carrot the Iowa football program can still hold over Iowa State is look how many guys we've put in the league. However, yeah. the tide has changed in a couple ways. Chris Doyle's gone. Okay, that was a big part of their whole machine over there. Maybe their new guy can do something similar. But I think Doyle, he was clearly um, not a healthy individual to be around that program in a lot of ways. But he was good at producing and building up NFL prospects. And so if you wanted to go play in the NFL, it was a pretty easy decision to make of the track record between Iowa State and Iowa. And still is. I mean, Iowa State still hasn't had a first-rounder. We know the stat. I think Will McDonald changes that next year. But, but we'll get to that point. Uh, so I think Iowa State needs to start producing NFL players. And when that happens, you may see the tie turn of, you know, still in the last 10 years, it's been majority of the good players. I think I'm, I'm saying last 10 years still go to Iowa. But I think you're starting to shift it a little bit now where it's going to be closer to 50-50, probably will be 50-50 for this class. And then if Iowa State starts producing more and they feel the effects of the Doyle situation, you could see that Iowa State now getting the – getting the prime players because Iowa State's brand in the state has increased a bunch in the last 10 to 15 years when these kids have been growing up. I think that does have play a part in it. Well, it's, it is interesting, just the kind of juggling of programs too. And I, I don't even mean this. It, this is going to sound like I'm critiquing Iowa State. I guess, Maybe I am. Um, it, it was just interesting to me over the weekend, like that I was having open practices for fans. Yeah, yeah. And Iowa State's like, no, we're good now. You know, like yeah. that's so different. Well, they had, than ten years ago, and then even they're not going to do it this year. But they were having multiple open practices in Des Moines. Yeah, just because they were worried about the the fan situation. I've always said this. I I've always thought. With our ag background with Iowa State, how cool would it be to have like a spring practice, not in um, Des Moines? We don't need to go to Dowling in yeah. Madrid. Have it in Humboldt. Have one in go to like these iconic like places in Cyclone, these tiny towns where you get, you know, you bring the bus into town like that. How cool would that be? Yeah, I mean, it'd make for good visuals. But you only get so many practices. Yeah, but Brent, like it, I, the, sure. it, it's not about a visual. It's about what Matt wants that program to be about, and and that would be very true to form. Like, okay, um, every year we're gonna have two, like, and you go to these like Earlham, sure, you know, like. I, Stewart, like, but you got to find towns that will support it. Like right. that's, it's kind of like your RD TV thing that we do. Very but think about how big of a deal that would be. You know how many Cyclone fans are in Humboldt, right? Like, 
I know a million Cyclone fans in Humble. Like, that's where Kevin Dresser's from, for God's sake. To take the Cyclone football program there for a day. Yeah, it's one thing to do the tailgate tour. It's a whole nother to do the or the RVTV. It's a whole nother to bring the football program. You know what I mean, though. It's a yeah, it's a good, but it's. You, I get it. Like you're you're, you're hauling pads. You're do, but you okay one time a year. I think it's a fine idea. You have tractors lined up all around it. Like I, I don't know. I think I think it's. A, I, Are you just saying that I'm that I'm all PR now and no substance? Is that what I you're just, trying to I lead just, me to? I just think the effort required for a spring practice may not be worth it. I'm a pragmatist. No, you just hate small towns. <laughs> you hate rural Iowa. It's been like this forever. I wish you would just admit it. That is not true. All right, we are at an hour and six minutes. This is the yeah, longest no, we've gone in a yeah, long time. A lot of great. Qu- we got many more. Which thank you, everybody. We'll do this again sometime. It was Maybe we can carry me. some of these over to next week. Yeah, there, we, we hit on most of the good ones. There's okay. There is also an interesting one about Mary. Mary, uh, like the Virgin. Mary, murder, and yeah. Well, I'm not going to do that one. We're not doing that Because I know I'm going to end up dying in that scenario. (laughs) I already responded to that guy on Twitter. Yeah. All right. Um, It could be a busy week with basketball recruiting. I think there's a decent chance Iowa State at least gets one commitment by the time we are on again next week. What are the odds we start to get some intel from spring? Because they're doing some scrimmages already. Oh, you're right. It's it's uh, they're locked. They're locked down a little bit. I have been so busy with the basketball stuff that I haven't really messed around much with football. It's top ten cycling football program. Top five in some context. (laughs) Potentially the potentially bubble (laughs) bursting cycling basketball program on top of it. What a year! It's a hey. We're still going to Vegas too. (laughs) Indeed, we are, my friend. All right, uh, he's Brent Bloom. It's great to have him back. The Bloom flu has been defeated. The Rona, however, has not. Go get your vaccines, everybody. Have a great work week and stay safe out there. But now, this is the moment when two contradictions collide.